came to Christ, believing that he died to pay their debt in full, they struggled to hold on to the truth that they had been cleansed and were beautiful in his eyes. And so I plunged ahead, pleading for God's Spirit to move. I asked them to open their Bibles to the Song of Songs, a small book in the Old Testament. This book has been captivating hearts for thousands of years, I told them. Sometimes it's called the Song of Solomon, but like King of Kings or Lord of Lords, the title Song of Songs implies this song is the very best song of all. And what is that? It is always the love song of Jesus. I told them that it was an earthly love story, a song of love between a man and a woman, but that it was intended to help them understand a much deeper love story the love between Christ and his bride. I explained, God uses many metaphors in Scripture to show us that Christianity is not rules or ritual, but relationship. The Lord compares himself to a friend who is closer than a brother, to a father who cherishes his child, and finally, the most intimate metaphor of all, to a bridegroom who rejoices over his bride. When God brought Eve to Adam to be his wife, Adam erupted in praise, and God said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, A man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. This excitement that Adam felt for Eve is the same joy God feels for his bride. For Isaiah tells us in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 5, As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. The women were listening intently. I saw both hope and doubt flicker across faces. Could it be true? This verse about a man leaving his father and mother and holding fast to his wife is repeated three more times in Scripture. It culminates in Ephesians when, after it appears the fourth time, a secret is revealed. Ephesians chapter 5 Verses 31 through 32 say, A man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. The church, I explained, means the bride of Christ, true believers. The beauty of marriage as God intended it is meant to illuminate his mysterious relationship with us. Your maker, the Bible tells us, is your husband. See Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5. I knew some of these women would struggle with this picture in the same way that some struggled with the picture of God as their father. Just as many had been abused as children, many had been abused as wives. Instead of terms of endearment, they'd been called cruel names, rash words, which Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18 says, are like sword thrusts. Instead of feeling cherished in the marriage bed, they'd felt used. Instead of knowing faithfulness, they'd experienced treachery as their husbands walked out on them and their young children. Instead of being encouraged to be the women God created them to be, they'd been drawn into addictions and crimes. I looked at Lila, remembering her story. She told me earlier that though now her security was in Jesus— It used to be in her husband. 
She'd been the getaway driver for his bank robberies. Now they both had long prison sentences, and their children were in foster care. I took a deep breath and said, I know this is hard for so many of you. Many of you have never been loved like this by an earthly husband, but a beautiful, earthly marriage is possible in Christ, and that is the picture in the song. I saw the longing in their eyes. But even if God never gives you a godly husband or turns your husband into a godly man, you have a bridegroom who absolutely cherishes you like the bridegroom in the song. That's the truth, one woman said. Jesus will never walk out on me. I nodded. That's right. Never will he leave you. Then I gave them a thumbnail sketch of the Cinderella story of the song. A great shepherd king falls in love with a peasant girl who works in one of his vineyards. He chooses her, loves her, leads her through the wilderness.